0: It's been months since the murders at the Simmons family farm took this town by storm. It's been all over the news, especially since there's still three men on the run. I published the article that I wrote based on my interview with Jamie, and since then, I've been receiving all sorts of strange correspondence. Earlier this afternoon, I stepped out of my office and checked the mailbox. To my surprise, I found a brown paper envelope thickly stuffed and addressed to me I took the package inside and ripped it open it's a brown leather bound journal I opened the mysterious book and started to read and what I found was very ominous I don't know if this could be a story that someone has simply written if so why would they mail it to me I want to know what you think Could this be a story that someone has written as a record of actual occurrences in the town? Or is it just a story? Blood Creek is a quaint little town. At one time, it was deemed charming. The kind of place where you would want to raise your children. Just a couple decades ago, Main Street was bustling with activity. Every lamppost was adorned with hanging baskets of brilliant flowers. If you were walking down the street, you would have seen shop owners watering plants. Others would be washing windows or sweeping the sidewalk. Residents walked their dogs and pushed their babies in strollers down the path of businesses. Everyone knew everyone's name. People waved and said hello. These things are the bright side of a small town. They're what the residents wanted you to see. But if you dared to scratch the outer shell, you would see that the deterioration lay just below the surface. These days, most of the lights on the lampposts are burnt out. Where businesses once thrived are now storefronts with boarded-up windows. There aren't any flowers hanging from the lampposts, and the streets no longer have happy families strolling down the sidewalks. The newer generation doesn't want to run businesses in the little town. They have their sights set on bigger cities, not sleepy little towns like Blood Creek. On the outskirts of town, John sat on his porch, enjoying a hot cup of black coffee. He had heard somewhere that people who drink black coffee are psychopaths. He chuckled (laughs) to himself as he sipped the warm liquid from his world's best grandpa mug, a gift from his only grandchild, Alex. He wondered which description fit him best, psychopath or best grandpa. He decided maybe a little of both. A raven cawed as it flew from the tree line and landed on the worn sign in front of the house titled Family Funeral Services. It was a simple yet strong name. John was raised to believe that family was the most important thing. It was a bright October day. The sun shone on the autumn leaves, making them appear more vibrant than usual. John relished every moment of the sunshine. The warmth helped to ease his arthritis. John could hear the creek near the house bubbling and its sounds soothed him. Soon, the porch would be too cool to sit on, but for now, it was perfect. The jasmine would stop blooming shortly, and that made John sad. He breathed in the intoxicating fragrance. It reminded him of his late wife, Emily. He had been thinking of Emily a lot. John reminisced about their wedding day. Emily had worn a headband made of jasmine. The small white flowers were intricately woven into her ebony hair. The contrast of the pale flowers against her long, dark tresses is something that will be forever etched into John's mind. When the preacher said, you may kiss the bride, John eagerly leaned into Emily's lips. He smelled the jasmine in her hair and fell in love with her more than he already had. There was only one time in all the years that John had known Emily that she lost her smile. It was the first year of their marriage. She had been pregnant with their first child. They were both bursting with joy anticipating the arrival of the baby. Emily had just left her prenatal checkup, and the doctor told her that everything was going well, and with a little luck and patience, their new baby would arrive within the next month.
1: I Emily mean, was looking down at a booty and a hat set the doctor's wife gave her. She would knit these sets for all the new mothers in town. She said she couldn't wait to show me. Before she knew it, a car came barreling behind her. It hit her before she had a chance. She fell belly first onto the pavement. She screaming in agony. Emily said it wasn't because of the pain she felt, but the pain she felt for the dying baby. The doctor later told her that she could not have physically experienced. Any pain that the fetus had endured, but he was wrong. Emily always claimed she felt it. My mother knows. I prepared the baby right here in this house for burial. The townsfolk told me to have one of the larger funeral homes in the city prepare the baby, but I didn't want to. It was my job as a father to take care of it. Even though I never got to watch our first child grow up, toss a ball around the yard, tuck him into bed at night, or cuddle him in my lap while I read a story. I ached for what I'd never had a chance to lose.
0: The man that had hit Emily and killed their baby was the town drunk. His name was Harold, and he was known to beat his wife and kids. He was the kind of person the town had tried to hide. He didn't fit into their neat little box of what a small town should be. Harold had lost his driver's license a long time ago and he shouldn't have been driving. He went to prison for six months, but was let out due to overcrowding.
1: I wanted to kill Harold. Emily wanted to kill him more. We eventually learned to stay clear of that man. That's the downside of annoying everyone in town. You can't escape them. Even the ones you so desperately wanted to escape. For the next several months, Emily just went through the motions. She told me felt empty inside. I didn't want to agree with her, but she was right. She felt empty because she was. The child that had been in her womb for eight months was ripped out of her. She never smiled anymore. And although I understood why, I missed it. Her smile made me feel whole. About a year after the accident, Emily finally smiled. She had gotten the answer to her prayers. She was pregnant. She gave birth to Matthew. A couple of years later, Emily gave birth to Kayla.
0: Matthew moved out of Blood Creek several years ago after divorcing his wife. John hadn't heard from him in years. He used to have dreams that one day his son would take over the business, but he was lazy and lacked motivation. John didn't feel that his son ever showed interest or took pride in a hard day's work. Matthew had a son. His name was Alex. He was thankfully nothing like his father. Alex was more like John. That summer, he had completed schooling to get his mortuary science degree, and John couldn't be prouder. John's daughter, Kayla, moved out of state after meeting her husband online. John didn't understand such things. Why couldn't people just get to know each other the old-fashioned way? Kayla would send cards for Father's Day, John's birthday, and Christmas, but she never called and she never visited. Kayla and her husband never had any children. John wasn't sure if it was because they didn't want any, or if possibly they couldn't. He wasn't close enough to Kayla to ask such a personal question. That would have been Emily's job. John felt that their baby, who had passed away, would have been a better son than Matthew. Surely he would have understood the importance of the business. John never spoke of these feelings out loud. John and Emily rarely spoke of their deceased child. It was too painful, and John was afraid it would cause Emily to lose her smile once again.
1: Emily's been gone now for 10 years, although she never lost her smile again. Even though her battle with cancer, she smiled till the day she died. I suppose the dying was less painful than losing a child. I don't know how she managed to stay in such good spirits during her sickness. Chemo treatments had taken a toll on her body. She lost her beautiful hair. One day I made a clumsy headband out of jasmine for her and placed it on her head. She gave me one of her sweet smiles. I would do anything to see that smile again. She had become so thin and I was afraid that it would break her with just the softest touch. She had been sick most of the days... And the dark circles under her eyes got worse. I still thought she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen.
2: Certified letter. Sign here.
1: Final notice from the bank? I knew I'd missed some payments, but I didn't think they would react this soon. When business started to slow down, I had to refinance to pay the utility bills. Must be better health care than back in my day. People are living longer than they used to. I wish I knew when that work would come.
0: (laughs) As tears ran down his wrinkled cheek, John thought about his family's legacy. His great-grandpa had turned the old Victorian house that had belonged to the Lawson family so many years before into a funeral parlor. It was the only one in Blood Creek. As a matter of fact, it was the only funeral parlor within 50 miles. The adjacent towns utilized his services as well. John had been able to make a decent living until recently. John used the basement as the mortuary. The office and the viewing area were the original living room and den of the old house. His great-grandpa had made the second floor into the family's living quarters. At one time, everything in the house was majestic. Emily had made certain of it. She embraced the business. She made sure to always have a plate of fresh baked goods available. She believed that homemade desserts were comfort food. It was a way to say that you cared. Emily wanted the client's families to feel welcome as they grieved and made final preparations for their loved ones. She was proud of her husband and supported everything he did. Emily had an eye for making things pleasant and hospitable. She had made sure the wood floors were polished to perfection. The wallpaper was vibrant, the curtains were crisply ironed, and the light fixtures never had cobwebs. These days, there are scuffs on the floor, peeling wallpaper, and the curtains didn't always hang straight. The whole house had a layer of dust which made it seem dark and sad. John knew he needed to put some money into repairs and clean up the place but it just wasn't feasible right now. The house mostly needed a little bit of elbow grease, but John's elbows and the rest of his body didn't move so good anymore. John didn't have the funds and his arthritis made it hard to keep up with maintaining cosmetic chores. He had to save his strength for necessary work, like tending to the bodies and arranging the funerals.
1: I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this one. I haven't had a client in over a month. I can count on both hands how many funerals I've handled this past year. I've never gone this long without work. Last time I had real work was months ago, when the murders were committed in that barn on the other side of town. I worked day and night to take care of those funerals.
0: John ran his hand through the few sparse hairs he had left as to come up with a plan to save his family home and business. John was lost in his thoughts for the remainder of the day. He had been so lonely the last few years. He decided he should probably eat. He slowly made his way to the kitchen. He made a sandwich, cut it into triangle shapes like Emily used to do, and forced himself to eat it. He was too upset to have an appetite. He ate out of necessity, not pleasure. It wasn't fun to eat alone. As night fell, John went back to his porch. He carried a bottle of whiskey and a shot glass. He needed something to dull his nerves. He looked up at the stars in the inky sky. They were so bright. He liked to think that Emily was up there smiling down upon him. He often talked to Emily when he looked at the stars, and this evening was no exception.
1: Emily? If you're up there, can you please help me save our business?
0: John listened for a response, but only heard the wind whistling through the trees. He walked up the stairs to his bed and fell asleep as soon as his head hit the pillow. Around 3 o'clock a.m., John heard a noise. John. It started out as a whisper, but John. slowly grew louder. John. It sounded like, Emily, Could it be? John sat up in bed and looked around. Standing in the corner was his beautiful wife. A soft white light emanated around her. She looked like she did the day they got married. She was even wearing the headband made of white jasmine. For a moment, John thought he had died in his sleep and was in heaven. Emily looked like an angel. He had missed her so much and she was staring right at John. John, you know what you must do John, you must save the family business.
1: I've tried Emily, I've tried so hard, I'm at a loss.
0: I will help you John, please don't worry.
1: I'll try Emily, I love you.
0: I love you more. John lay back down, he was starting to doubt his sanity. Had Emily really come to him? Was this a dream? A product of the whiskey? John didn't know. He cried himself back to sleep, hugging Emily's pillow. <laughs> the morning sun shone bright through the threadbare curtains of John's bedroom windows. He reluctantly opened his eyes. He vaguely remembered Emily's visit and decided he must have been dreaming. He had almost convinced himself It hadn't really happened until he saw a single white flower on the floor in the corner of his bedroom. It was the jasmine that Emily's headband had been made of.
3: Hey, Grandpa. Are you home?
1: I didn't know you were coming to visit, but I'm so happy you're here. Come here, boy. You have your grandmother's eyes.
3: I thought I would surprise you. I haven't found a job since graduating, and I thought I would visit before I got hired somewhere.
1: Let me give you a cup
0: of coffee. How do you want it?
3: Black, please.
0: After breakfast, they sat on the front porch. It was another beautiful fall day. Alex closed his eyes and breathed in the fresh air and the smell of jasmine.
3: I miss this place, Grandpa. I really missed you.
1: It's good to have you here, Alex. I miss you, too. There's something I need to talk to you about.
3: Don't worry, Grandpa. We won't lose the business.
0: That one small word made all the difference to John. We. He wasn't going to have to deal with this all by himself. Alex would help him. And that's what family was supposed to do. Although John was happy to hear that Alex would help him, he didn't want to rely on Alex financially.
1: Alex, I can't let you give me money. Grandpa, you don't have to
3: take any money. To be honest, I don't have it. But I think there is a way to help.
0: Help. Just last night, Emily had promised John that she would help. And today, Alex showed up out of the blue and is offering to help him. Did Emily somehow guide Alex to John? Maybe John was starting to go senile. He had heard about it happening to a couple of the older persons in town. Do you know if you are losing your mind, or does it just happen?
3: Grandpa? Grandpa,
1: are you okay? Oh, sorry about that, I was just lost in my thoughts for a minute.
0: For the next hour, John listened to Alex tell him how he was happy to have college behind him. Alex told John that he felt like he never fit in. Not with his peers, and especially not with his parents. The one place Alex always felt at home was the funeral parlor with his grandpa. The stress of college had taken its toll on Alex. It wasn't the classes. He had a 4.0 GPA. It was the social anxiety that he felt around the people. He'd been under a lot of stress for the last few years while away at school. Not finding employment right after graduation had caused him some anxiety as well. All of this combined had caused him to lose his appetite. John thought this must be why the boy is so thin, too thin. John thought back to when Alex was a small boy. Alex had always been eager to go into the morgue with John and watch him work. Alex was never creeped out that John lived in a funeral home. In fact, he seemed to enjoy it.
1: Grandpa, can I watch? I keep telling you, boy, I don't think your mother would like you down here watching these processes. But Grandpa… It's all natural.
2: I haven't seen everyone. I want to see.
1: Run along, boy. Go find something to play with outside. Boy, are you still down here? What are you doing over there? Is that a cat? I found him this way. I was just helping him, like you do the people. You can't be bringing animals in here. I know you're curious, and if you want, you can help me with the people. But get that animal out of here. No more animals in this morgue. Especially my involving tables.
3: Grandpa, can I tell you something?
1: Of course.
3: You know, I thought after graduation I would want to work in a bigger city. I figured there would be more opportunities and more things to do. I'm not comfortable being around a lot of people. I know my parents will be disappointed, but... Go on. I know Mom and Dad will be disappointed if I move back to Blood Creek, but I don't want to live in the city. Would it be okay if I stayed with you for a little while? I could apprentice under you and help with the business.
1: I would love to have you work with me. You need to do what satisfies you. Life is too short to live it through pleasing everyone else.
3: (laughs) I know. I think the only thing that will make me happy is to stay here with you and help with the business.
1: I would love for you to stay here and help. An hour ago, you told me how you think there's a way to make money. Anything you can come up with is better than what I've managed. It's okay, Alex. There's no judgment here. Just tell me your idea. We
3: create our own clients.
0: John didn't want to disappoint the boy, but he thought to himself, What kind of idea is that? How would that even be possible? John was about to tell the boy that he didn't know what he was talking about. When a small white jasmine flower slowly fell onto his lap. Tears welled up in his eyes. This wasn't Alex's idea. It was Emily's idea. She was really helping John through their grandson. Go
1: on.
3: We create our own clients. I'm still working out the details. Let me think on it and I'll let you know what I come up with. I'll take care of it. Don't worry, Grandpa. We will get the business back on its feet. You don't need to be involved in the details. Just get some rest because you will be busy with lots of funerals soon.
0: John looked at Alex and nodded in confirmation. He wasn't sure what Alex was planning, but he trusted the boy. The rest of the day they worked around the old house together. Alex helped John dust the parlor area and they washed the floors and windows.
3: You know, Grandpa, once we get the business going again, we can get some paint and do a bit of touch-ups on the floors. We'll have this place looking like new in no time.
1: Your grandmother would sure be proud of you, Alex.
0: That night, when it was time for bed, neither John nor Alex had brought up their earlier conversation. John thought maybe he had imagined the whole thing as he snuggled himself into bed. It was nice knowing that Alex was in the next room. He didn't realize how much he missed the boy until he had arrived. John slept through the night for the first time in years. The next morning, John awoke to the smell of coffee. This was certainly a nice treat, he thought. Alex was so considerate. He really did think of everything. John padded down the stairs in his slippers and saw Alex sitting at the table sipping a cup of black coffee.
3: Grandpa, you hungry? I already ate while I was out, but I brought you back the breakfast special from the diner.
1: You ate breakfast already? All that work must be bringing your appetite back.
3: Maybe it's the hard work or the fresh air. Or maybe I just feel happy for the first time
1: in quite a while.
0: John was elated that Alex was happy. He deserved happiness.
1: Thanks for breakfast. I think I'll pour myself a cup of coffee in my world's greatest grandpa mug.
3: I have another surprise for you, Grandpa.
1: Another surprise? This must be my lucky day.
0: Follow me. Alex bounded down the stairs. He took them two at a time. It reminded John of when Alex was a boy and would watch him work. John tried to keep up. The basement morgue smelled musty. It had been closed for far too long due to lack of use. John couldn't remember the last time that he had been down here. It had been too long since he had a client for a funeral to arrange.
1: Alex? That Harold? He sure does look like a mess. Look at those teeth. Close his mouth, will you?
3: He smells worse than usual, too.
1: I don't know what took him so long, to be honest. I thought this old drunk would be lying on this table years ago. Especially all those times I saw him passed out in different spots around town. I thought he was dead at least a few times before. I remember one time, they found him passed out on the train tracks. Better late than never, I suppose.
3: His wife's better off this way, too. He was a nuisance to everyone in town. Even her and the kids.
1: Well, yeah, better late than never, I suppose. How did he get here?
3: I picked him up this morning. Police said a man walking his dog by the river found him headfirst in the water. They say he got drunk and drowned. They called here earlier to ask me to get him. You were sleeping so well, I didn't want to wake you. Hope that's okay.
1: Well, of course it's okay. I just can't believe that we finally have a client.
3: <laughs> I told you we just needed our own client list. He was drunk and passed out by the river. What the police don't know is that I just happened to move him closer to the water and hold his head under. He struggled at first, but he stopped squirming after a couple of minutes. I know what he did to Grandma and your first son. He got what was coming to him.
1: You got that same smile on your face that you had the first time I caught you with a dead cat.
0: It was then that it dawned on John what Alex's plan truly was. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. He knew that he should be disgusted, but a small part of him was intrigued. It was up to him to save the family business, and maybe this is something he would have to do.
1: Maybe we just take out the people that deserve it.
0: John wondered if he could possibly be entertaining this idea. What would Emily think? John thought of the visit he had had with her a couple nights before. Her voice echoed in his brain. You know what you must do john you must save the family business john and alex worked side by side preparing the body harold's wife alice came to make the funeral arrangements she played the part of grieving wife but john sensed an undertone of relief her life would be better off without harold in it even though john hated harold he liked alice and did his best to make harold look presentable Alice couldn't help it if her husband was a baby killer. John thought in a way that the corpses he worked on were kind of like the town, or at least how the town used to be. After he prepared them, they looked good at first glance in their fancy clothes and silk-lined caskets, but if you peeked under their collar or smudged off their makeup the tiniest bit, you would see death. John learned that the people were satisfied with what was on the surface. Most people were too shallow to look any deeper, or maybe they were afraid of what they would find. Within the following weeks, more and more townspeople showed up in the basement morgue. John quit asking Alex for details. He didn't really want to know. If they were bad people deserving of death, John felt it was God's work along with Emily's help. That's how he justified it. After all, this was Emily's idea. She was the sweetest person he had ever known. She was just answering John's prayers for help. There was Joni, who thought that drugs were more important than her kids. John heard that her children were now living out of state with their grandparents and being well taken care of. Next was Donnie. He was only 17, but full of evil. John had never seen someone that young be so demented. He killed local pets for fun, and was caught throwing kittens off a bridge into oncoming traffic. Unlike Alex, Donnie didn't do it for science. There was Bob, who sexually assaulted several young girls but got away with it because his brother was the sheriff. There was Natalie, who bullied a young girl so badly that she killed herself. The list went on and on. But the world would be better off without that kind of scum living in it.
1: The business has been busier than it has been for years. There have been days we've had more than one funeral.
3: The money's rolling in, Grandpa. I told you we would stop the bank from foreclosing on the house.
0: The house and John stood proud once more. He could almost envision Emily standing at the entrance with her welcoming, comforting smile. After the funerals, John and Alex had enough money to spruce up the old home. John could almost hear Emily singing like she used to do when she would do her chores. She would have loved the new paint. He chose a light green, which was Emily's favorite color. She always said it was calming. The house looked brighter and felt a little lighter.
1: You look like you put on some weight, boy. You look healthier.
0: John and Alex made it a point to sit down every evening and have dinner together. Alex washed the dishes while John dried. They shared all the chores and John was happy to not feel the aching loneliness that had plagued him for so long. Christmas came and John and Alex decorated the tree. It was the first time John had celebrated the holiday since Emily had passed. On Christmas Eve, the two sat by the fire. With the twinkling lights of the tree glistening on Alex's face, John handed Alex a box. The boy's smile, Emily's smile, was as wide as his face. John knew the boy was truly happy. Alex tore the wrapping paper off and opened the box. Wrapped carefully with tissue paper was a mug.
3: It's a world's greatest grandson mug. Now we have a match set. I love it.
0: Alex felt so much love. He had never felt this level of affection from either of his parents. It felt nice to know that he was truly cared for and appreciated. He could tell by the tears in the corner of his grandfather's eyes that he had felt the same. Alex loved living in the old Victorian home and working with his grandpa. These last couple of months had been happier than he had ever been. He knew that he had made the right choice by moving back to Blood Creek. He had everything he needed except one thing. Female companionship. He had only dated a couple of girls in high school, and his anxiety level was too high to even think about dating in college. He was a normal 23-year-old man, and for the first time in his life, he felt like he was ready for a relationship. As the months went by, winter departed and spring brought forth a feeling of renewal. Even the old town looked a little less sleepy. People began to wave at each other and smile as they passed each other. John noticed that the lampposts once again held baskets of beautiful flowers. John didn't like to think about Alex killing people, but it appeared that with the degenerates removed from the town, Blood Creek became more alive. The birds were singing, The rabbits playfully chased each other in the yard. The trees regained their lush green leaves and whispered in the warm breeze. The jasmine was abundant and the familiar smell made John smile.
3: Hey Grandpa, mind if I join you on the porch?
1: Of course not, come on out here, take a seat.
3: You know of any other bad seeds in town?
1: Can't say I do. Blood Creek's been a nicer place to live, that's for sure.
3: I think I'd better take a trip to Spring Hill then.
1: that's what you have to do, son. We can't be bothering any people that don't deserve it.
0: That evening, Alex drove into Spring Hill, the neighboring town. He had been here before, but never paid as much attention to it as he did now. He needed to get more clients, but he had to make sure it was only people that would leave the world better off by not being in it. Blood Creek was easy. Alex knew everyone there since he was a baby. Spring Hill was different. How was he to know who was truly bad? He was getting tired of just driving around and decided to stop at the local donut shop.
3: Made with love. These should be good donuts.
0: (laughs) Can I help you?
3: I'll take a large black coffee and a chocolate donut with sprinkles to go please.
0: Her long brown hair was pulled into a messy bun. Her eyes were a bright blue. He felt like in just a moment he could see so many faucets of her. Kindness, intelligence, and driven were the first words that came to mind. But he sensed something else. She was afraid. Alex didn't want this beautiful woman to be afraid. He didn't even know her. But he wanted nothing else at this moment than to make her feel safe. He smiled back at her. She poured the coffee into the styrofoam cup and expertly put the lid on it and set it on the counter. Alex could tell she must have been doing this a while. She pulled out a piece of tissue paper and started to grab a donut from the display counter.
2: If you can wait just a minute, I'll go in the back and get
0: you a fresh, warm one.
3: Sounds great. Take your time.
0: Alex didn't care how long it took. The longer he could stay here with this beautiful woman, the better. He had originally planned to take his purchase to his car, but now he thought he would sit at the counter and eat to prolong his visit. She returned from the kitchen with his donut. She started to put his donut in a bag when he stopped her.
3: I think I changed my mind. I'll eat here.
0: She smiled, and for a flash, Alex saw the sense of relief in her eyes. She put his donut on a plate and slid it over to him. Mind if I eat with you?
3: I would love that.
0: I'll be right back. She came around the counter and sat on the stool next to him. She smells so good. A mixture of donuts and some type of fruity shampoo or lotion that women use, is smelled like heaven. I'm Jasmine.
3: I'm Alex. It's a pleasure to meet you. This is delicious. I've never tasted anything this good. My grandpa would love these.
2: It's my grandma's secret recipe. I'm the only person she ever shared it with. Grandma said the most important ingredient is love.
3: I'm guessing your grandma named the shop then.
0: (laughs) How did you know? For the next hour, they chatted about nothing and everything at the same time. Alex felt comfortable with this woman.
2: This used to be my grandmother's store. I worked here on weekends and after school when I was young. We got really close spending all that time together. She passed away a few years back. I took over the business. She had left it to me. I wasn't sure that I wanted the responsibility, and honestly, business is slow. But I felt like I couldn't give it up. She put her heart into this place.
0: Alex understood that. He felt the same way about his family's business. He was enamored with Jasmine. She understood him.
3: I can understand that. My grandpa owns the old funeral home in Blood Creek. The business is starting to go under now that he's older, and I decided to stick around and help him out. It's gotten a whole lot better. We've even made some extra money and I've been helping fix it up.
2: I've met your grandfather before. We held my grandmother's funeral there. She's buried at the cemetery by that church over in Blood Creek. He's a sweet old man.
3: Yeah, we're real close. I've been helping him there since I was a
2: kid. I guess it's time to close up. You've been my only customer all afternoon. Would you mind sticking around until I take care of everything and get in my car?
3: Of course. I don't mean to pry, but is everything okay?
2: Not really.
3: I thought you seemed nervous when I came in.
2: I've been working here alone ever since my grandma died. We don't make a lot of money, so I never have a lot of cash on hand. But a couple of nights ago, a man with a clown mask came in and he robbed me.
3: That makes me so mad. How could people be so cruel? Why can't they earn their own money? He took advantage of you because you're a woman.
2: It's okay, he didn't get much. I called the police and they took down the information, but nothing ever came of it. Earlier right before you showed up, I saw the same man behind the dumpsters when I was taking out the trash. Called the police again, but by the time they got here, he was gone. The funny thing is, I felt like I knew him from somewhere. It happened so fast, but with the mask on, I just don't know. I thought that maybe the man had returned when you came in and I heard the bell. I was glad to see you, even though I don't know you.
3: How did you know I wasn't the man in the clown mask?
2: Because I knew I had never met you before. I feel like I have met the man in the mask. I just can't place my finger on it. I'm going to get everything cleaned up so we can get out of here. Here, take these. What is it? Donuts for your grandpa.
3: You want me to follow you home? I could make sure you get in the house safe.
2: Yeah,
0: thanks. That would make me feel better. Alex followed her home. She had lived in a small apartment about two miles from the donut shop. The neighborhood was sketchy. The building was run down on the outside. There were weeds growing through the cracks in the sidewalk and the grass needed mowed. It was apparent to Alex that the landlord didn't do much. He barely knew Jasmine, but he already felt responsible for her safety. He walked her to the door.
3: Can I see you again?
0: I certainly
2: hope so. Here, take my number.
3: Here, I'll write mine down too.
0: Alex turned to start walking back to the donut shop where he had left his car. A noise to his left caught his attention. It was the sound of a dumpster lid slamming shut. He stood in the shadows on the corner of the building and watched as a 30 something year old man quickly walked away from the trash bin and slipped into the corner apartment a couple of doors down from Jasmine. Alex walked over to the dumpster and peeked inside. Laying on top was a clown mask. This was the man that had robbed Jasmine. Alex slowly crept to the apartment that he saw the man enter and peered through the window. The apartment was dirty. Empty pizza boxes and drug paraphernalia were strewn across the coffee table. Ashtrays overflowed with cigarette butts. He could smell the stench from outside. Alex got a glimpse of the man walking down the hallway to where Alex assumed led to the bedroom or bathroom. When the man was out of sight, he tried the door handle. It opened easily. Of course, this man wouldn't bother to lock his door. He was the reason other people locked their doors. Alex heard the shower running when he strolled in. He shut the door and closed the blinds. He calmly looked around the dingy apartment. He needed a weapon. His eyes landed on a gun lying on the kitchen counter. This loser was making it too easy. He grabbed a paper towel and used it to pick up the firearm. Alex walked to the bathroom, pulled open the shower curtain, and pulled the trigger. The crimson blood painted the shower walls. Alex watched for only a moment as the now bright red water streamed down the drain. He calmly walked out of the apartment with the paper towel still in his hand. At first, he thought he had possibly made a mistake. What if someone heard? He soon realized that the sound of gunshots must be common in a place like this. How sad, no one even bothered to check it out. Alex drove home, feeling upbeat. He had met the woman of his dreams. He was sure of it. And he found a new client. It was a successful night. When he returned home, he found his grandpa sitting on the front porch with his whiskey bottle and two shot glasses. Alex was so giddy, he almost skipped up the steps. His grandpa handed him the bottle and a glass.
1: Tell me about your night. Here, Grandpa. Donuts? From Made With Love?
3: There was this beautiful woman at the donut shop. Her name was Jasmine. Some guy in a clown mask came right into that tiny little donut shop and robbed her. I don't understand people, Grandpa. Why would someone take advantage of someone so beautiful who was barely making it herself? He had been watching her. She was scared for her life when I walked into that donut shop. That is, until she realized I wasn't him. I made sure she got home safe. I can't let a woman like that fall prey to a monster. I think we'll be having another client around here very soon, Grandpa.
1: I only have two things to say to you, son. Jasmine means the gift of God, and these are the best donuts I've ever tasted.
3: It's because the most important ingredient is love. I think I'll head over there tomorrow and see how she is.
1: That's a great idea, son. I'm going to head to bed.
0: The next morning, the only thing Alex could think about was heading over to see Jasmine. He tossed and turned with excitement until it was finally time to get up and head over there. Coffee?
3: Oh, yes. Black, please. My grandpa loves the donuts you sent.
2: I'm so glad. Do you mind that I have the TV on? I wanted to catch the local news. My friend down the hall called me late last night and told me there were police at an apartment, and they had it blocked off.
3: I wonder what that's about.
2: A family of four was reported missing from Camp Colony this morning. Authorities have evacuated the camp while they investigate further, as this is the third reported disappearance in three weeks. Tune in at 11 for the full story. A man found dead this morning... Wait, here it is. ...in an incident police reported was the result of a drug deal gone wrong has been identified as John Simmons. Simmons was wanted in connection with the murder at the Simmons Family Farm earlier this year. This is Jillian Jansen with the WEVL Channel 13 News reporting. I've run into that guy a few times. He seemed awful. I'm not surprised someone took him out.
3: Seems like no one really cared about the jerk. Hey, do you want to come over and have dinner with me and my grandpa?
0: Of course, I would love to. Alex assisted John with the funeral home during the mornings and afternoons, and then spent the evenings in Spring Hill. He hung out at the donut shop with Jasmine until it closed each night. Even though he had taken care of the robber, he was still concerned for her safety. Jasmine would visit the funeral home and enjoy dinner with John and Alex. She loved the Victorian house and soon felt at home there. It felt good to be with people that cared about her. Jasmine had been lonely since her grandma died. The two became close and confided in each other. My
2: parents were killed in a drunk driving
0: collision when I was just three years old. They were driving home from
2: a visit to their friend's cabin up north and some drunk idiot was going the wrong way on the freeway. He slams right into them head on. They died immediately, but of course the drunk driver walked away unscathed. He committed suicide a year later.
3: That's some form of justice, maybe.
2: After that, I was raised by my grandma. The rest of my family stayed away. I think I just reminded them of the loss of my parents. My grandma is really the only family I've ever known. I was too young at the time to remember my parents.
3: My grandma was hit by a drunk driver when she was pregnant. She lived, but the baby didn't. She never fully recovered from the loss.
0: Spending his days at Jasmine's donut shop to help Alex to determine who the bad people in Spring Hill were. They would come into the shop and Jasmine would point them out, and when they left, Jasmine would give Alex all the details of their personalities and behavior. She wasn't aware that she was inadvertently responsible for their ultimate demise. Alex would slip out of Jasmine's apartment before dawn and take care of the depraved townspeople. Like the day that Evelyn walked into the donut shop. Evelyn ran the local nursing home and had stopped in to get donuts for the residents. She was well respected in the community for her work with the patients. The town officials saw Evelyn as a godsend. Someone who took care of the people who they ignored. Jasmine pulled Alex aside and told him what really went on at the nursing home. Jasmine's grandma had been in the nursing home for the last few months of her life. When I went into the nursing home to
2: visit my grandma, I saw that lady yelling at the patients. I started watching her when I would visit my grandma because I was worried. I saw her take medication to a patient and then tell them they couldn't have it because she didn't like their behavior. They begged her for it and the patient said they needed it for their heart. It was like she was taunting them with the things they needed.
3: The lady right there, she looks so professional.
2: I asked my grandmother about her and she couldn't say much but she seemed afraid of her and she never got any of the donuts the lady would pick up. I think she tells people they're for the residents but she keeps them all to herself and her friends on her staff. One time a staff member sat in her room and ate half of one in front of her and threw it in the trash because she said it wasn't good and belonged in the garbage. I was so worried leaving her in there with those people. I noticed patients with bruises on their faces, near their eyes, but I can't be certain it was from her, but she just seems evil. I know a few years ago there was a story on the news about a patient being left unattended in the bath and she drowned. The news story seemed to insinuate that it was an accident due to so many patients at the facility and not enough help, but I wonder if it could have been malicious. I had written my grandmother letters on days that I couldn't go see her, and I asked my grandmother if she had gotten them, and she said Evelyn refused to give them to her, showing her them and then taking them away. We never found out what happened to them, but I've heard rumors that they feed residents spoiled food sometimes, even with bugs in it, or food that they are allergic to. But Evelyn always blames the residents, saying they got into things they weren't supposed to. Town officials seem to turn a blind eye because they just don't want to have to deal with the people that are living in these homes.
3: That just sounds cruel. She's abusive to those people. Those are elderly people who can't defend themselves.
0: Alex snuck out of Jasmine's apartment later that night. He knew the woman who ran the nursing home had a lavish house adjoined to the less than mediocre facility. Walking up, he looked into the living room window and saw nothing. He looked in a bedroom window and saw a small light from what appeared to be an adjoining bathroom. Alex couldn't see in the bathroom window and made the decision to try the back door. Luckily for Alex, it was unlocked. What a stupid, evil woman, he thought. The handle turned effortlessly and the door didn't even squeak and easily opened. Stepping into her dark kitchen, Alex stood still for a moment, letting his eyes adjust Walking down the hallway toward the only light that emanated into the hall, Alex crept into the bedroom. He noticed the lavish decor and giant bed. It looked like she had been capitalizing off of the residence for years. Moving toward the door, he could see the woman in the mirror above the sink. She was laying quietly in the bath with bubbles spilling onto the side of the tub. With her eyes closed, she was barely able to scream. As he placed one hand on her chest and the other on her face, held her under carefully until her body went stiff and limp, and he knew there was no chance she would resurface.
3: This is what you get.
0: As Alex and Jasmine's relationship blossomed, he found it difficult to keep a secret from her. Part of him believed she would understand she appreciated family values and the legacy passed down from previous generations she certainly didn't keep the donut shop functioning because she was getting rich she did it to please her late grandmother she couldn't bear to stop baking donuts that reminded her of the happier days with her grandma just like alex and what he did to gratify his grandpa and the ancestors that came before it had been a year since alex returned to blood creek The funeral home stood majestic once more. John would have never guessed a year ago that the business would have turned around. The sun gleamed bright on the new paint. It filtered through the white lace curtains. The wood trim and furnishings were no longer lackluster. Everything was restored.
1: Is there something you want to talk about?
3: Kind of. It's Jasmine.
1: I thought things were going well. You're always with her.
3: That's the problem. Things are going great. I want to be with her all the time. For the first time in my life, I'm in love. I don't like hiding things from her. I'm afraid she'll think less of me if she knows the truth.
1: Can you trust her?
3: I think I can, but I'm afraid of losing her.
1: Remember that you told me, I think she would understand. She has family values. Trust your heart, Alex.
0: Alex spent the evening with Jasmine again. His hands were sweating. He thought he was going to pass out or throw up. He couldn't, said Still. Is everything okay?
3: No, it's not. I have to tell you something, Jasmine. It's something that may make you hate me.
2: Whatever it is, we'll get through it. My heart belongs to you, Alex.
3: I am the one who shot the man in your building last year. It wasn't a drug deal gone wrong. I saw him. He had the clown mask. He was the one who robbed you. He was a horrible person, and on the news later I heard that he was one of the men that committed the murders at the Simmons family farm a few years back.
2: Oh my god.
3: But it's not just him, Jasmine. I got rid of the man who hit grandma with the car. And there were others too. Wife beaters, drug addicts, every one of them had done something awful. They didn't deserve to be here, in our little town with us. My grandfather's business was failing, Jasmine. I couldn't stand seeing these horrible people walk around continuing to hurt other people while my grandfather, who had worked his whole life, lost everything.
2: I think what you're doing is wonderful. You're helping your grandpa. You're helping Blood Creek. You're even helping Spring Hill. Most of all, you've helped me. I thought I would never be happy again after my grandma passed. Then you walked into that donut shop and turned my life around. I don't ever want
0: to be without you.
3: I've never felt so happy in my life. You are too good for me, Jasmine. I don't deserve you.
0: Alex fell asleep with his head on Jasmine's chest listening to her heartbeat. He left the next morning to work with his grandpa.
1: Hey, Grandpa. Hey there, Alex. You look better. If I take it last night, you went better than you imagined? I see that spring back in your step, boy.
3: Grandpa, I'm going to propose to Jasmine. There's no need to delay it. I know she is the one, and I don't want to live another day without her.
1: If you're going to ask her, son, you need to do it right. Wait here a minute. This was your grandmother's ring. Invite Jasmine to dinner tonight. You need to propose properly.
0: Jasmine arrived for dinner as the sun was setting. The beautiful shades of orange, pink, and purple were breathtaking. She thought how lovely the old house was as she pulled into the driveway. As she got ready to knock on the door, it was opened by Alex. He had a huge grin on his face. John walked out of the kitchen, wiping his hands on a towel.
1: Jasmine, so good to see you again. Then I'll be ready soon.
0: Here,
2: I brought you something.
1: Is this what I think it is?
2: Alex told me how much you enjoyed my donuts. Well, actually my grandma's donuts. The table looks beautiful.
0: Alex watched the glow of the white candles dance on Jasmine's face. She looked heavenly. When they were finished, John told the couple to sit on the porch while he took care of the dishes. John winked at Alex as he led Jasmine outdoors. The night sky was clear, the moon was full, and every star was sparkling. A light breeze blew through Jasmine's hair. Alex reached out to move it from her face. He got down on one knee as Jasmine gasped.
3: Jasmine, you have made me happier than I ever thought that I could be. Will you make me the happiest man in the world and be my wife?
0: Yes, oh my god, yes! John couldn't resist a sneak peek through the curtains. He knew that his legacy would go on, and he couldn't be more excited for Alex. The wedding ceremony was held at the funeral parlor within the few days of the proposal. The young couple was so excited to begin their adventure that they didn't want to wait. The town minister married Alex and Jasmine with John as the only guest outside in front of the Jasmine blooms. Jasmine wore the small flowers in her hair and donned a black dress with white flowers and black boots. Jasmine moved into the funeral home with Alex and John. She closed the donut shop in Spring Hill, but continued her grandma's legacy by baking the sweet treats for the clients. The guests loved them, and some of the older folks that knew Emily commented on how it reminded them of the baked goods she had always had on hand. Jasmine had a natural ability to deal with the clients, and John thought she was like Emily in so many ways. Alex continued to bring in clients and rid the neighboring towns of bad people. The business continued to flourish. Alex, Jasmine, and John were happy. John and Alex were sipping their morning coffee on the porch when the screen door flew open. Jasmine practically knocked the door off its hinges. Something had her excited. I'm pregnant! Alex picked her up and swung her around. Her hair flew wildly as she was twirling. Her giggles made John smile. He couldn't wait to be a great-grandpa. Alex and Jasmine couldn't wait to be parents. Jasmine glowed throughout her pregnancy. Alex loved watching her belly grow and feeling the baby kick. He went to every appointment with her and tended to her every need. In the spring, she gave birth to a healthy baby boy that the couple named John. Because there were two Johns in the house, they became known as Big John and Little John. Big John was honored that Alex and Jasmine named their son after him. It reinforced what he already knew about the values the young couple had for family. John loved to get up extra early and take care of the baby. It allowed Alex and Jasmine to get some much-needed sleep, and he got to spend quality time with little John. This was John's favorite time of day. One morning, Alex and Jasmine were awoken by little John crying. They weren't used to hearing the baby cry in the morning since John always took care of him. Jasmine got out of bed to check on the baby, and Alex went to check on his grandpa. Alex found John in his bed. He gently shook John's shoulder, but John didn't respond. John had passed away peacefully in his sleep. Alex sat on the edge of the bed and wept. Oh, Alex, come here.
2: Your grandpa was a good man. It's going to be okay. What's that on the floor? Look, Alex... It's a flower. It's a jasmine flower. How did this get here?
3: It can't be. My grandmother loved jasmine. It had to be her. She came to take my grandpa back with her. Now he's with his true love again.
0: Alex took over the funeral parlor and it continued to do well. He missed his grandpa. But he was grateful that his relationship with him had flourished during the last couple years of John's life. He was grateful that John got to meet his great-grandson. Alex realized they had rescued each other, each filling a void in the other at a time when they both felt empty. The following Christmas was a joyful one. It was little John's first Christmas. Alex and Jasmine went overboard with gifts for the baby. After all the presents were opened, Alex handed Jasmine a small box.
3: This one is from little John.
0: Aw, oh, a mug, world's greatest
2: mom. I love it, thank you. I'm so tired, I need
0: to wake up.
2: Do you mind to pour me a cup of coffee? Make it black.
0: This episode of Twilight and Terror was written by Mandy Elliott and produced by Melissa Lancaster. With voice acting by Andy Elliott as John, Dave Wallowitz as Alex, Mandy Elliott as Jasmine, Timmy Lancaster as Young Alex, Jillian Jansen as Jillian Jansen the Reporter, and Julie Lancaster as Emily. I want to give a special shout out to my family and friends for helping us with this project. For music and sound credit, please visit our show notes. And if you have a positive comment, you can email us at twilightandterror at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow our Facebook and Instagram. And as always, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed.